Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. By the way, I had a yeah, conversation with Raquel. She goes, uh, My girl, bro, no, we did not do that. We didn't oh, make out. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, like, I have so much more of an appreciation for Raquel. Dude, she is dope. Like, but I still, I don't know why I'm not more attracted to her. You don't have to be. There's no, like, sexual chemistry. Really? I have this, like, gut feeling that she kind of has a crush on someone else. Yeah? Like, that's just it, I think. I'm gagging. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules. And this is sick. This is a sick clip from Vanderpump Rules because you've got the two times outside of the food truck called Yeasty Boys, which I heard was actually really good. Shout out to Yeasty Boys. However, they're sitting outside the food truck and talking about how Schwartz made out with Rachel, but he doesn't feel any sexual chemistry. And meanwhile, Tom Sandoval is just sitting there with that sick-ass grin on his face. And, yeah, yeah, you don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't. And then meanwhile, we know in real time that Tom Schwartz knew about the situation between Rachel and Tom Sandoval. Now, I don't know that he knew that Tom Sandoval and Rachel were in love like they have since professed, but he knew of something that happened between the two of them. And so the fact that these two men, I don't even know if I should call them men, these two yahoos, people still use that word yahoos anymore outside of the reference to the web. Anyway, these two yahoos, uh, they seemingly are covering up for each other or something. I mean, it's just sick. It's sick, the fact that they were outside that food truck talking about Rachel. And this was the first episode where I feel like now, finally, the lens is being refocused on Tom Sandoval, because the last couple of weeks, I feel like everything's been focused on Rachel. Now, she was um, making out with Oliver and uh, trying to go on a date with Oliver, even though he's married. And so now we're finally turning on Tom Sandoval. And it's sick every time they show him with that grin. They showed him last week at Sir with that grin. He's like, yeah, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. But those two yahoos were just, it's sick, the fact that they're talking about Rachel. Meanwhile, knowing the fact, and then also talking about Tom Sandoval and the egg situation with Ariana. It's like, why are you doing this? It's sick. It is sick. I'm sorry. It's it's craziness. The fact that it's all craziness, you guys. We have so much to talk about. So sit tight, little bear. Pull over if you're driving because I, you do not want to be behind the wheel of a car for this one because I am fired up. We got to talk about the real uh, Housewives of Jersey as well. And there was a real Housewives of Orange County trailer. So let me just touch on that really quickly. I don't know if you saw it, but Tamara is back. And so is Vicky. And the end of the Real Housewives trailer for the upcoming season featured Vicky's first appearance. Now, if you follow the blogs, you knew that Vicky was filming a little bit here and there. But the trailer ends with Vicky screaming, knocking on the door to Tamara. Here, I pulled a little clip of it. Let me just play it one more time because we all just have to break down that two-second clip. So Vicky Gunvalson, the OG of the OC, knocks on the door. She's got some stuff in her hand or something. And then Tamara opens it, and this is what happens. 
what the fuck are we doing? Bravo. I love you so much. And I worship the ground that uh, the editors or whoever decided to not only put that clip in the trailer, but also to highlight the sound effect, because that is some horror movie shit. I mean, Scream 6, uh, the these horror movies got nothing. On the end of the Real Houses of Orange County trailer, when Vicki Gumbelson comes to the door and they just put in a sound effect, <laughs> never, in all the years that I've been watching Bravo, I've never seen them just fully lean into a horror movie trailer. Oftentimes with the season trailers like they do with New York, there's like a whole template they follow, right? On New York trailers, they always would do uh, be dramatic, and then the end is like the last 30 seconds is always like that kind of bumbly music, and they just do a lot of fast cuts, and it's pure chaos. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but if you watch the New York trailers, you can tell there's like a template. So, I've watched these trailers for years and years and years, and I'm used to a template, but I'm certainly not used to them just adding in a full straight-on horror movie sound effect, something that would be in place with the Evil Dead franchise or some, I don't know, some horror movie franchise. They just fully put in a scream sound and then they distorted the audio of Vicki Gunvalson, the OG of the OC, showing up at Tamara Barney Judge's door and just added this. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck are these shows? God bless them. God bless them. We're in the right place. We're in the right place. Okay, so we're going to talk. Now we can get into Vanderpump Rules. I will say the Orange County trailer, it didn't look that thrilling to me. But I did hear the season was good, so I'm optimistic about it. And I am at least confident that Tamara Judge will spice things up and keep things moving. So even if it's a little snoozy, I feel like she'll keep it going, hopefully. I I thought that last season, though. I thought Heather Dubrow was going to spice things up, and then she didn't. Spoiler alert. But Hip and Casita are still uh, around somehow. They still made it to another season. I cannot believe that the Real Houses of New York are no longer on the air. And yet Hip and Casita are on their 100th season over there in Orange County. I mean, where's the justice? Anyway, they're sticking around. The trailer didn't do much for me. But again, people that I trust behind the scenes have told me this season's really good of Orange County. And so I'm I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm going in glass half full and I'm thinking that the trailer, sometimes these trailers are really great and then the season flops and then other times the trailer is a flop and then the season's great. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm excited for Orange County to come back. And I, despite the fact that at the end of Tamara's run, I was calling for her to be let go. Now I realize we need her back. And I also think we need Vicki Gumbelson back. They're monsters, but there are monsters. There are friends, our soulmates, our sisters. And so we have to have trust in these women, despite the fact that we might not agree with them all the time. I do think that they're needed for the show because we've learned over the years in Orange County, they don't have nobody else to cast over there. They've tried to put everybody on camera in front of the red light and none of them work. So great. Let's put Taylor Armstrong, Vicky and Tamara back in front of the camera because at least we know we'll get something decent out of them. So I'd much rather have them back at this point than another season where they're throwing someone at us like a Bronwyn. Ugh, I'm sorry to say that name. But I, I'm i glad that they're back because they're going to save it, I hope. They're going to save it. I got to have faith. Like George Michael, I got to have faith. Uh, okay, let's uh, talk about Vanderpump Rules. Now, I mentioned being in the right place. And last week on the podcast, I was talking about Satchel. 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 Katie's new man is named Satchel. A lot of you pointed out he looks like Weird Al Yankovic. And I, for one, I'm attracted to that. For some unknown reason, I am. I am. So despite the fact that he's got a a 1989 Michael Bolton hairstyle, I'm into it. 
And yet, I didn't understand the name Satchel. However, a lot of you pointed out to me that I guess Satchel's the name of a baseball player or something. And to those of you who did point that out, I just want to say, if you're looking for a podcast host who knows baseball, you're in the wrong place. Because that is not who I am. And so my apologies that I didn't know, I guess, a world-renowned baseball player or something. Maybe it was another sport. I don't know. But people were like, oh, he's a famous baseball person. He was named after some baseball guy. And I'm like, you are in the wrong place. I don't know these baseball people. Girl? Girl? So that's uh, something I did want to say off the bat. But I'm loving Satchel. And Satchel, I could tell. I could tell. Didn't you guys see him in that whole episode? The episode was crazy this week. Unhinged craziness on Vanderpump Rules. But at the end of the episode, when they're in that beach bar, Satchel's just looking. And he's just compiling all this information. And I don't think we got a good read on his personality quite yet. But I do think that he's putting it all in his bank, in his head, and he's just going to use it at some point. So I don't know if we're going to get more Satchel next season. I don't know if Katie's with Satchel in real time or not with Satchel. But if Satchel sticks around, let me tell you something. He's observing. I could see him observing. He wasn't just sitting back relaxing. He was observing the other crazy people around him. And he's putting it in his bank. So I feel like he could have a good perspective. And I'm I'm fascinated by this man. Because I normally feel like I could... I got a good read on people, but Satchel, I just see him observing, but I can't tell what type of person he is. Is he confrontational? Is he non-confrontational? I don't know. Would he ever, him and Schwartz butt heads, or would he butt heads with Sandoval or James? Or like, what's Satchel's story? Everyone's got a story. Kathy Lee Gifford taught us that. Everyone has a story. And so I'm curious. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. But uh, Katie also calls him, or maybe it was Lala. Somebody called him Satch. Satch. Lala said when she saw Satch and Katie making <laughs> Satch. Oh, I love it. Satch and Katie, when they were making out, Lala said all you could see was mops, meaning like their hair, because they got a lot of hair. A lot of hair. And so, I don't know. I'm interested in this man. Interested in this man. They all woke up this week. We opened the episode. All the Vanderpump gang is hungover. Because everyone had Lala's birthday. Remember last week on the show, Rachel showed up at Lala's birthday party. And then they made up outside of Lala's birthday party. But then Lala didn't invite Rachel inside to enjoy the rest of the birthday party. (laughs) Oh, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. But they're all hungover. And James, I'm a little concerned because James is really hungover. And him and Allie were in bed. They had that gallon water jug. I'm just a little concerned because I want James to be happy, healthy, and 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 good, and he's doing so well career-wise. And so, James, I hope that he's able to uh, handle his drinking in an appropriate manner because he's got the big uh, DJ gig with Cascade coming up. And the DJ, I'm really proud of him. I'm proud of him. And I was glad, actually. I know Allie, she doesn't like when he engages with these other people, but I was actually happy that he was engaging with Tom Schwartz on the beach and he got mad at him and he threw the the drink on Tom Schwartz. And we've seen Tom Schwartz throw a drink on everyone. Stasi, his... Uh, girlfriend Katie at the time. I mean, Schwartz liked to throw throw the drink. So I actually was supportive of DJ James Kennedy throwing that uh, drink on the beach because I thought Schwartz deserved it. And so, God, Sheila Schwartz, you guys, I'm so mad at those two. I'm so mad at those two. That Eastie boy scene, though, I know he played the clip, but uh, first of all, let's break down that whole thing. So Schwartz says that he doesn't have any sexual chemistry with Rachel. And it's like, yeah, you didn't even have sexual chemistry with your wife. So maybe that's something, that's a you problem, <laughs> right? Katie had said that his penis wasn't working, and now he's saying, I don't have no sexual chemistry. And we could see that there was no sexual chemistry, but I'm just thinking, like, maybe that's something to 
disgust with somebody. I'm not sure that we should be blaming it on the women. And then Sandoval just sitting there saying he's going on a cleanse for the eggs, for Ariana. And then, oh, when he says that uh, I make a dumpling latte, and he did it in like a baby voice. I've never even, I don't think I've seen Tom Sandoval talk in a baby voice to Ariana or anybody else. But yet with Tom Schwartz, he's in the baby voice. And he's like, I make dumpling a latte. And I was like, girl. Girl? You need to cool it. You need to cool it and make a dumpling latte. And then I was like, what do you want? What do you want a prize for that? Because you made your significant other, you got her a cup of coffee in bed. And uh, come on, come on. And then Schwartz is like, she's so quick to be dismissive of you. And I was like, you already know about the fairy fucking asshole. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if Schwartz knew that he cheated, why is then he throwing Ariana under the bus? Let's just not forget that Ariana was one of Tom Schwartz's best men in his wedding. Remember when he bathed in the lake water and then went and married Katie on a Wednesday? Well, guess what? Ariana was sitting next to him on his side. It's part of the groomsmen. And yet he's throwing her right under the bus. And you'd be like, oh, she's so dismissive of you. And I was like, you know what, you guys? This is just, I'm just disgusted. I am disgusted by these two. The fact they knew, they knew what they were doing. We like to act like they're so dumb, but and they are, but also they know what they're doing. They're Machiavellian, or is that the right word? Unclear. Anyway, then we have the scene with James and Allie. She's doing her astrology studying. And I'm really into it. James, though, he's a little skeptical of the astrology. He says, well, is Pluto going into my anus? That's what he asks her. And he's making a joke. He's doing a little bit. Is Pluto going into my anus? And I was like, James, I can only imagine how many times Allie has to hear that kind of joke. You know, <laughs> everyone loves to make a Uranus joke whenever planets come up. And I just think we need to call a moratorium on Uranus jokes. We've heard enough of them. We don't need it. Anyway, they are sitting there. She's learning astrology. They got the cat named Mr. Banks. I'm really excited about that. And James is making a PB&J. And so I don't really know what exactly they were talking about because I was staring at the peanut butter and jelly. Because here's the thing about me. I fucking love a peanut butter and jelly. I love a peanut butter and jelly. When I was in college, when I went to Ohio University my freshman year, they had on campus a restaurant that just made peanut butter and jellies. And they would toast the bread. And just the other day, I was telling my boyfriend, I said, I got to make one of those style peanut butter and jellies where they used to, this restaurant, I don't even remember the name of it, but they would toast the bread and they'd put peanut butter and jelly. And you could kind of add toppings, like add banana or add, I don't even remember. I would just get the toasted PB&J though. And let me tell you something. It was delicious. And so I'm watching him. And James was making that PB&J right. He was putting peanut butter to the edges, jelly to the edges. You know, sometimes they just put in the middle. And I think the rise of the Uncrustables, yeah, millennials know what I'm talking about. When those Uncrustables came, I feel like people stopped making peanut butter and jellies to the edges. Uncrustables really fucked us up. You know those frozen peanut butter and jellies? Which are not good, by the way. I'm sorry, they're not. They just aren't. You could pretend to yourself that they are, but they're not. Anyway, I feel like when those got popular, then people stopped putting peanut butter and jelly to the edges. And so, James, I was finally thinking, good, peanut butter and jelly reform on our screens, finally. Finally. Because it's been too long. By the way, I was just at the grocery store, and you know they brought back Oreo Cakesters? Do you guys remember these? They're like Oreo whoopie pies. And they used to be here a long time ago, and they got rid of them. I love when the food snacks come back. Ugh, you guys... When the foods come back, you know, you like these treats and then they put them out of stock. Like I've been waiting for those shark bite gummy, uh, you know, the fruit snacks, the shark bite ones. 
I have been waiting for years and years for those to come back. And one day they will make a return to us because those were the best fruit snacks. I don't know what the fuck was in them, but I was eating them up. Or the kudos bars. I always talk about those kudos bars. They were granola bars, but they were really candy bars. And I'm like, where the fuck are the kudos bars? Bring those back, people. They brought back the Dunkaroos. They brought back the Cakesters. Now give me the shark bites and give me the other. Like, I'm sick of it. Sick of it. Anyway, so I don't know. I guess they were talking about this whole thing with... I guess Allie implies that Katie said Tom and Ariana might have an open relationship. And then James is like, Allie, don't go talk to Ariana about that. Go talk to Shishi because Sheena loves to gossip. And so he encourages her to go gossip with Shishi. And I, I got excited. I got ex- This episode really built. Didn't it feel like it just kept building and building and building? I, it was wild. I think this was the episode. I don't know. Every episode this season, every week, I feel like it gets crazier and crazier. And this week in particular, I was like, oh my God, you guys, knowing what we know now watching this episode was insanity. Anyway, then we see the gals at the Something About Her Sandwich Shop location. And Katie immediately said, no shiplap. And I thought, good, no shiplap. Because we're tired. We're done with the shiplap. You hear me, Chip and Joanna? Chip and Joanna from that HGTV show, Fixer Upper? Because I watched that whole show, Fixer Upper. And let me tell you something. They were doing shiplap in every fucking episode. I was like, Chip, you got to stop with the shiplap. It's too much. Too much shiplap. And then everybody started putting in their houses the shiplap. And I feel bad for everybody out there who did their homes in shiplap. Shiplap everywhere. And so thank God, Katie, finally, talk about peanut butter and jelly reform. Finally, someone on our television screens are doing shiplap reform. Katie Maloney, got to give her that. Because she's not having it for the sandwich shop. But I was very excited. This looks like a cute... Nice size place. They were talking about putting a little reading nook in the corner. Ugh, I want to just go live in there. I want to, and you know, from my interview with Katie Maloney, she said they got Nancy Myers, production designer, to help with the design of this sandwich shop. It's just going to be so cozy. It's, I hope they have a peanut butter and jelly there. I hope they do get it to go. That's the only thing I worry about the size wise is like, I can't imagine there's going to, you're going to be able to get a table there, right? Because I don't know. I'm imagining the amount of people that want to go visit something about her. And there's going to have to expand or something because it didn't look like a lot of space for all of us to go sit and enjoy and have a cozy reading in a corner. So we might all have to get our stuff to go, Tupperware to go. Uh, speaking of Tupperware, you guys, I had a big emotional breakdown this morning. <laughs> I shouldn't tell this story. Maybe let's take a quick detour here and then we'll get back. I know you guys, some of you don't care for the fact when I say let's take a detour, but uh, that's what this show is. So buckle up, buttercup. Anyway, so I come from an Italian Catholic family in Ohio, and I was raised with brothers. And so as a family of three boys, your family heirlooms are not necessarily jewelry. Right? I know I have a lot of girlfriends who their grandmas leave them rings and necklaces and bracelets and jewelry, right? Wedding rings. And in my family, my grandma left us Tupperware, which is... <laughs> It sounds crazy to say, but every time I move, my mom sends me like new Tupperware for my grandma. And it's like, uh, there's an emotional connection to it. And Matt was getting mad at me. He was trying to clean the kitchen. So he's getting shit out of the cupboards and he's finding just like old ass Tupperware. I'm talking Tupperware from the (laughs) seventies, like crazy. But that Tupperware lasts. Let me tell you something. That's shit lasts forever. Anyway, my mom, oftentimes when she, wants to send me something, she'll put it in some of grandma's old Tupperware. And so 
Matt was like trying to get rid of some Tupperware. And yes, it's a hundred years old, but it's also like my family heirloom. We don't have jewelry. We have big ass Tupperwares. And so he's trying to throw it away. And I was like, Matt, we cannot throw away the Tupperware. Like that's uh, important to my family. And that's what we do. And so then I am on the phone with my mom. I was like, mom, do you want this Tupperware back? Should I send it back to you or should I just throw it away? Dan, don't lose that. It's grandma's Tupperware. She's passed and wants you to have it. You know, she's (laughs) telling me. So I was not only raised with like an emotional attachment to Tupperware, but now I got to feel fucking guilty if I'm getting rid of the the cookie bin or whatever the Tupperware thing is that my mom sends me cookies in. And I got to feel bad about it, even though it's literally from maybe the 60s. Who even knows what era it's from? It's certainly older than I am, the Tupperware. Dan, you can't get rid of that. That's grandma's Tupperware. She wanted you to have it. As if my grandmother is like rolling over in her grave because I'm throwing away the Tupperware. So now I don't know what to do. I'm just like, do I keep it? And so we put it in the garage. And I'm like, I don't know if we should. I I told Matt, I was like, just kind of throw it away and like, don't tell me, you know? Like, I don't want to know, to pretend I don't know, but we need to, we'll keep some of it. Obviously, I'm not going to get rid of all grandma's Tupperwares because I'm going to have to give it to my kids at one one of these days. My kids, my grandkids are going to have to take grandma's Tupperware, right? That's going to be passed down. We don't have jewelry. And so, um, yeah, it's a big emotional day in the in this household trying to figure out what to do with Grandma's Tupperware. Dan, you can't get rid of that. Grandma wanted you to have that. She'd roll over in her grave. She knew you were getting rid of her Tupperware. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, hopefully I can bring that Tupperware to something about her and just get some sandwiches to go, peanut butter and jelly. Uh, okay, so then uh, KLVP shows up at the shop and is like helping them with the restaurant. She sticks up for Oliver, and Ariana, meanwhile, sticks up for Raquel. So Katie is the one who's like, no, she's a hoe. Katie also called herself a hoe, but she's like, Rachel's a hoe. And Ariana's like, no, we shouldn't blame Rachel, blah, blah, blah. And Katie's like, no, Rachel sucks. And LVP's sticking up for Rachel and Oliver. I don't know, they're all at fault, all these monsters on this show. I'm so mad at all of them. So mad at all of them. But Katie, I I saw a lot of people online talking about like women's intuition, because a lot of the season we're finding out that some of the intuition these people like Lala and Katie had about Rachel were were spot on. And it seems like they felt that way about Tom Sandoval too, which good, good. I'm so mad at that. Those Toms, those effing Toms, those effing Toms. Then we see James and Lala, they meet at a coffee shop. I love when James and Lala are in a scene together. Just love it. Lala says that she likes Allie because Allie's got brain. And so she's eating her ta- they're eating their taco salads. They both ordered a taco salad, which was fascinating to me. Did anyone else find that too? I hate to be focused so on food, but they were there was a whole moment where they're like, We both love taco salads, and then James is like, Yeah, Allie put me on to taco salads. And we had a whole discussion about taco salads. As if like I love that Bravo couldn't cut that, despite the fact that all of our focus is on this big scandal that's become national news. They still kept in the little moment about the taco salad. <laughs> anyway, they both like the taco salad. And I was happy for them. James is inviting everyone to Hermosa Beach. He says he's not excluding anyone. And uh, so he was going to invite the whole crew, including Rachel, including Schwartz and Sandy, whatever. They were all going to be at the beach. But before we get to the beach, we have Tom Sandoval getting his what he calls jizz results. This was wild. This was wild. First of all, him walking up to the front desk, 
That poor woman who had to work the front desk and had to listen to Tom Sandoval say, I'm here for the jizz results. Come on. Come on. You do not do that, Tom Sandoval. I'll say you're here for the jizz results. This is a place of business. You just don't walk in and say, well, I'm looking for my jizz results. You just shouldn't use the word jizz in any professional environment. I don't care if you're a customer or if you're in a business meeting. You should just strike the word jizz from your vocabulary when you're out in public, quite frankly. Unless you're maybe, I'm not even sure when the right time to use the word jizz is, but it's certainly not at a place of business. Maybe with some friends at a bar or something, but even then, you have to be like close friends, right? You, If you're just meeting someone, or even if you just kind of know somebody, you should strike the word jizz. Just don't strike it. Strike it. Strike it. Strike it. Strike the word jizz. You just don't need it. Use another word. Get a thesaurus and figure out another word. You could use so many others, but jizz is not one of them. You could use the word jazz. I understand using the word jazz. Uh, It's not quite a replacement for the word jizz, but that's a word you can use. As in terms of replacements for the word jizz, I think you can use semen in a professional environment if that's what you're referencing. I don't love that word either, but certainly it's something you could use at a doctor's office, but not jizz. Unforgivable. And meanwhile, he brings Shula Schwartz to the doctor's office. Ariana's grandma passed away. And then Sandoval's like, yeah, it's been a hell of a year for her. And I was like, yeah, you demon. Not only uh, did her dog pass away, her grandma died. She's starting a business. You are cheating on her with her friend. Like, how fucked up is that? So he's aware of what a difficult year it's been for her. And then he decides to have an eight-month-long, nine-month-long affair with her friend. It's so fucked up. It's like so, it's sick. It's sick. And he's so proud. Then he sits down with the doctor and he's proud of his stupid sperm. And the doctor's like, you got to stop drinking and doing drugs and wearing such tight clothes. And then he calls Ariana and she's sad and I was sad for her. And he's just like, I love you, Dumplin'. Ugh. What a demon. What a demon. Damn. Okay, we got to take a break here. Let's come back and we'll talk about the rest of this episode. I mean, it just keeps getting more and more crazy. And then we'll talk about Jersey. Uh, we will be right back. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I uh, want to thank ACAST. We also have merch available at everythingiconic.store. And if you were at one of the live shows, we did have some new merch at the live shows. So we're going to work on getting that up on the website very soon. So that'll be at everythingiconic.store. Those new tour t-shirts should be there momentarily. And uh, we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at 
shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash everything iconic this show is sponsored by better help and we all carry around different stressors both big and small sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because i cannot stop thinking about them when i'm trying to sleep or when i'm trying to go about my day i keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively now therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff and if you've never benefited from therapy i think it's time you explore i think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist it's so incredibly helpful get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back. That's how I feel. That's how I feel every time one of the towns shows up on my screen. And now, okay, so uh, we uh, now have Allie and Shishi at the ski ball bar. Now, I've never heard of a ski ball bar. I do love a ski ball machine. I don't know where this is in Los Angeles, but I'm gonna have to find it because I love a ski ball machine. It's not a full arcade bar. That was surprising to me, was it not? Like the fact that they had a bunch of ski ball machines. I was at least expecting like one of those Simpson stand up machines or some other arcade, one of those uh, hoop games. You know what I'm not basketball is what I was trying to say. <laughs> you know, one of those hoop games. Uh you know, like what arcade basketball or one of those games where you try to put the quarter in or the token in and then you try to get the machine to push out the rest of the tokens or the claw machine where you try to get a stuffed animal. I fucking loved a stuffed animal my whole life. I did. I was just talking to a friend about those nets. Remember when you'd get a stuffed animals and did anyone have that in their bedroom? It would hang in the corner top of the bedroom and it was just a net for all your plush friends. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. There was one Christmas where all I wanted was the 101 Dalmatian plushes. It was like the late eighties, early nineties. I was a really little kid. I wanted patch. I wanted Pongo. I wanted lucky. They were like the it item. And I just recently got my patch stuffed animal I got in my office. I'm staring at it right now. But anyway, little dancer, always loved a stuffed animal. Always say I loved a stuffed, uh, put them up on my net in the corner. Anyway, so this bar, I was shocked that they didn't have some other games. It was, it seemed to me by my little eyes, it seemed like they just had the skee ball machine. Anyway, Allie says that. Uh, Rachel is fine and she's okay being around Rachel. She tells she, she, she does say that the group is fucked up though. Allie says to she, she, she's like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? You're all exes. You've all dated each other. And Allie then brings up Rachel and Sandoval being at the Abbey. And then the whole situation with Katie's sort of alluding to the fact that Tom and Ariana might've had an open relationship. And she was like, they are two of my best friends. And literally it's the first time I'm hearing of it. And I trust Brock in bed with Rachel because he's like an older brother and it's not okay for anyone to say, like the way Sheena was saying it was really cracking me up, really cracking me up. The her vocal intonations just reminded me of a, of a, going to a wedding and, you know, the bachelorette or the maid of honor gets on the microphone. She's like, 
Allie, you're my best friend. It was like Sheena sort of had that cadence, like, they are two of my best friends. And it's literally the first time hearing of it. (laughs) And then I was thinking, Shishi, do not put out into the universe that you trust Brock in bed with Rachel. There's no excuse for that. And I know Shishi is, again, looking at the season probably through the lens of what she knows now and is cringing, I'm sure, at what she says. And there were some weird rumors that went around online that I don't think ended up being anything, but there were some weird rumors that Brock and Rachel also might have hooked up. And those rumors never really went anywhere because I think there was no truth to them. But certainly you don't want to throw out there that you trust Brock in bed with Rachel because I don't. And Brock, God bless him. But I'm not sure I trust him to be sitting in bed with that woman. And by the way, fuck them all. (laughs) By the way, fuck them all. Because they're all a bunch of cheaters on this show, and I don't support it. I don't support that. Anyway, she she sticks up for Rachel, and she's naive, and I I understand it because I think I could be naive too. So I get she she in a on a cellular level, and so although I think she's probably cringing at what she said, and I would never say, oh, I trust Matt. Matt's a gay man, my boyfriend, and I certainly wouldn't trust him in bed with Rachel or anybody. But uh, I don't think I would have said that. I trust him in bed with Rachel. However, I do I do relate to Sheena's naivete. I get it. I get it. Because you just I also think Sheena's got that thing where she just wants to see the best in people. She wants to trust that people are good humans. And is she a Libra? She might be a Libra. Uh but I feel like that's what she's where she's at. And so that's why I'm able to forgive Shishi for being on the wrong side with all of this stuff, because I think she just wants to see the good genuinely in people. And also Sheena's sort of just in her own little world. Like I don't think she really is even in situations that are about other people, like she's just thinking about herself. She is. And God bless her. That's what makes her a great reality TV star. Cause she's not concerned with how other people are feeling. I think her inner monologue is always just about her. I don't think not one time does that voice inside of her head say, I wonder how this person's doing. I think <laughs> Sheena's voice inside of her head is just like, how are you feeling? Literally, I feel okay about this. Like, I think that's what's going on in her head. Or she's just thinking about like a, her vlog, like, when am I going to post the vlog? What's my next vlog going to be about? She's always posting those vlogs, like the video blogs. I feel like every day I'm going online, she's got a new vlog up. That YouTube channel, it's just like a whole channel. It, she might as well have a, her own network, like Oprah. It's like own, except it's just Sheena going about her daily life. She's got a new vlog for everything. And it's hard to keep up with content. And I know she must have a team of people or something. But I'm like, how are you always doing the content? I could barely post an Instagram every other day. And here's Shishi doing a whole ass vlog every fucking minute. She's got a whole channel she could program. I mean, those writers, I know they're about to go on, the writer strike's about to happen, apparently. We're going to see. And I'm a little concerned for the writers, because if they want to fill up content on the networks, all they got to do is call up Shishi and get her vlog, because that's what they'll be able to air. Because I don't think Shishi hires a writer. And, you know, that's strike one against the writers. And I support the writer strike. I'm, I'm for the WGA, so I'm, we support them. But I am concerned that she, she's going to take a lot of jobs away from writers because she's got that vlog content ready to go. And they can fill out hours of that shit. She's got hours. I go to the YouTube channel, and that is just like a full network of, and I've only checked in once or twice, but I'm certain that they could fill up the Bravo network or uh, Netflix could just put on Shishi's blog and be like uh, content for days and years and weeks. I mean, she's got so much shit. Anyway, Shishi does stick up for Rachel in this scene. And then we get everyone at the beach. Everyone's there. Brock's in a 
Brock's in a sarong or something. He's got this skirt. I'm just very attracted to that man. And there was this moment where I think they were trying to edit it like Top Gun. You know, the Top Gun Maverick scene where they're playing football at the beach or the original Top Gun scene where they're playing volleyball at the beach or at the in the sand. I feel like at first they started editing it like that, but it was so funny because then all of a sudden they were like, oh, no one can catch the ball. <laughs> Like these men. And it's so indicative of LA because the men, men here aren't, I, I hate to deal in stereotypes, but oftentimes if you go to anywhere else, men have, uh, are, if you see them playing sports, they'll be able to catch the ball, is what I'm trying to say. And yet here in Los Angeles, guess what? If you see men playing catch, they're doing it for a camera and they can't actually catch the ball. So if you see someone who lives in Los Angeles and they post on their Instagram, some straight guy, they post a picture of them holding a football or basketball or something, guess what? Odds are you caught them at the exact right moment for it to be photogenic, but they're certainly not catching anything and they don't know how to play sports. Most of them, not all, most, most. And so it was really funny. Then uh, we see Charlie and Allie meet for the first time and they sit down with Rachel and Rachel brings up her Allie's relationship with James. And she says, Oh, you'll learn your lessons in your own time. And I was like, girl, girl, you need to stop. Rachel needs to cool it saying you'll learn your lessons. I was like, you're still waiting to learn your lessons. Meanwhile, Katie and Satch arrive. <laughs> oh, I love the name Satchel. I know we discussed this upwards of probably 46 minutes between this week and last week, but this man Satchel, I'm so fascinated by him. I'm so fascinated by that man. And he's yeah, he's in his 20s. Satchel. And they arrive with Dom, the Dom, who ordinarily I think would be focused on the Dom. Like, what's his story? Because the Dom is also very more my type attractive. In my regular daily life, be more attracted to the Dom. But for some reason behind the camera, I'm really like into the Satchel. And I just find myself like, what is, I'm looking at him the whole time. There was so much going on in these scenes. And my eyes are just on Satch. Just on Satch. And then also watching Schwartz be sort of jealous of Satch. That was wild. And then Schwartz says he doesn't care that Katie would be sleeping with Satch, but he doesn't like the fact that Satch would be cozying up to them dogs because those dogs are also his. So he's thinking of Gordo and the other one. And he's thinking about how he's going to be all alone and nobody wants to be lonely. I learned that from Ricky Martin and Christina Aguilera. And so Tom Schwartz don't want to be lonely. And so he's just thinking about Satch stealing them dogs. And quite honestly, I hope that Satch does steal the hearts of those dogs because Schwartz is uh, inappropriate these days. And I cannot stand behind that man. So I am Team Satch. Team Satch. Where's my Team Satch shirt? Something about Satch. That's what my restaurant's going to be called. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, then Sheena... She pulls Tom Sandoval aside because she says, I'm going to get some sun because it's my last moment before my laser appointment. So it's the last time she could go in the sun before apparently she's got a laser appointment. And that's what I mean where Sheena's only thinking about herself. So although the situation that she's going to talk to Tom Sandoval about is like this rumor about an open relationship or maybe an affair, it's a pretty serious topic about Ariana Tom's relationship in their dynamic with both Katie and Rachel and the rumor that Katie is maybe spreading. So it's like a pretty complex dynamic that she's got to talk to Tom Sandoval about. And yet Sheena's first instinct is like, well, let's do this quick because I have to get some sun because it's my last day to be able to get sun before I have to go to laser appointment. 
And so that's what I'm saying, where it's like Sheena's just thinking about herself. She's thinking about that laser appointment. She don't give a fuck about anything that's going on in the show. And ultimately, she could pretend like she cares about Sandoval and Katie and the rumors and Ariana. But really what she cares about is that appointment for her laser. And I'm not sure if it's laser hair removal, if it's, who knows, it doesn't matter. But she's got a cosmetic appointment, seemingly, maybe it's for medical reasons, unclear. However, she's thinking of that. She don't give a fuck about the rest of it. And that's why I love her. Peter was also there. Peter. Yeah, that's right. Peter was there. I don't think he was mic'd up, but he was at the beach. They didn't They didn't opt to put a mic on him. They only have so many mic packs. So I don't think they got one for Christina Kelly. They got one for Satchel. They got one for the Dom. Like, there were so many extra people here. They got a mic up alley. So uh, the last one on that call list is going to be Peter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that makes me sad because Peter's been around from the beginning. And yet, I would imagine the call sheet, the call sheet is what they say is like, when you show up to a set, it's like the most important person's number one on the call sheet, and then the least important person is the last on the call sheet. And I would venture to say that Peter was probably very, very last on that call sheet. I think it was like uh, Sheena, Sandoval, Schwartz, DJ James Kennedy, it goes down the list, and then it's like Christina Kelly, then Satchel, the Dom, and then it was like, okay, now let's put Peter in there. And so that makes me sad. And so maybe Peter needs a better agent or something. But he was there. He's at the beach. And then James and Schwartz get in this whole thing. Because Schwartz says, oh, is your DJ gig with Cascade going to be bigger than Richella? Or is that how they say it? Rachella, Richella? That thing where happened last season where James proposed to Rachel and they called it Richella. And then James is not happy about that. And obviously, James has a little bit of performance nerves going on. He's probably so excited and nervous and and dealing with so many emotions about this big gig that he's got with Cascade or this DJ thing. And so then for Schwartz to come and shade it, he's like, "Uh uh-uh, not today. Not today, Satan. He closed that door right in Satan's face and said, not today, and then threw a drink on Schwartz, and I was living for it living for it. And then he's just going off. And a lot of this was hard to understand because James was just going off on Schwartz. And he said, uh, you did your proposal at Rockin' Riley's, a fucking bar on the sunset. Ah, you guys, when he said that, and then they did flashback to Schwartz's. Oh, no, I'm not someone who needs a big proposal. I don't like a big proposal thing, but I did like that. He was shading Schwartz's proposal. And then Schwartz just kept saying, look, if you ever throw a drink on me again, it's not going to be good for you. I'll put you in a headlock. I was like, what the fuck do you mean by that? Like, you're going to put him in a headlock? Like, what What, what are we, an 80s wrestling team? Like, what's going on? We're putting each other in a headlock. Why wouldn't you just say, like, I'll knock you out? Remember Ken Todd was like, I'll knock you spark out, he said to James, one of the earlier seasons. Ken Todd, who, by the way, Ken Todd seems to get in the mix next week when he is the one to reveal the information about the Sandoval and Rachel affair, it seems. I mean, shocking stuff. But a couple seasons ago, Ken Todd said, I'll knock you spark out, he said to James. And so at least I would like Schwartz to say something like that, but putting you in a headlock, a headlock is what you do when you're fake wrestling with somebody. I mean, a headlock. I couldn't, like, what are we doing here headlock and then Allie gets up and leaves because she's like i don't like this and then lala brings up Kristen, 
And we talk about the cheating and Tom Sandoval. And this is when things just start to snowball about whether or not Sandoval and Rachel might have a thing for each other. And so Lala brought up Kristen and they show the clip of Tom Sandoval talking about making out with Ariana at the Golden Nugget. And they play the specific clip of the Golden Nugget. And then Sandoval says that Kristen was fucking James in their apartment, which now we know Sandoval was also hooking up with Rachel at his house with Ariana. I mean, it's this is crazy Shakespearean shit. The fact that this friend group has done this so many times and they've so often cheated on each other in each other's houses or places of living, their homes, it's sick. It's sick. I mean, it's also sick to make out with anyone at the Golden Nugget, by the way. I mean, we've all been there. I'd actually sooner rather make out with someone in a dingy, dark alley than the Golden Nugget. Really, literally anywhere else. Have you been to the Golden Nugget? I'm sorry to say this about the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, but the Golden Nugget is not somewhere to be making out with people. Just be careful. I'd rather suck dick in the parking lot of Boston Market than make out with somebody at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, ladies and right. I mean, literally anywhere else, it's not a place to be doing it. Anyway, they did uh, make out at the Golden Nugget. And then Lala and Katie, they go inside to this bar, and they weren't intending to invite everyone, but then everyone ended up going in. James and Schwartz did sort of make it up. And then at the bar, Katie and Schwartz are feuding from across the way. Rachel's sitting next to Sandoval. Schwartz, James, and Raquel decide to take a shot. We see James crying in the confessional. Oh, also there was this moment where James got like liquor in his eye and then he runs to the bathroom. He's like, ah, (laughs) screaming. And then he runs to the bathroom and he's like falls on his way to the bathroom. You guys, it was such high comedy, just the perfect thing. And then there's this Lala and Schwartz thing. And Lala obviously hates Schwartz. She hates that he was sort of siding with Randall and still hanging out with Randall after the whole thing with Randall. And she even makes fun of him putting his fingers up to his mouth, which is a clear tick that he has. He, we've seen it on Watch What Happens Live all the time. And whenever he's talking, it's like he puts those fingers in front of his mouth so you can't understand him. And it's he's got all these weird uh, – we all have these ticks that we do, right, in conversation or whatever – or certain phrases. I am sure if you listen to the podcast, I say the same things over and over again sometimes. It's like you have vocal tics that you do. It's natural. And I encourage anyone out there, before you complain about one of my vocal tics, just record yourself for an hour and see which ones you have. You just might not record yourself and notice it, but everyone says certain thing wrong. I know we comment on Ramona Singer, who always gets these phrases wrong on The Real Houses of New York, but everyone has these little vocal tics or things that they do or movements they do when they're talking. Anyway, so he does it, but he's always putting it in front of his face. And I think with Schwartz, the thing that's frustrating is all of his are making him look like a sweet little puppy dog golden retriever, and he's so innocent. But then I don't think deep to his core he's all that innocent. He's not that innocent, in the words of Miss Britney Spears. He's not. So anyway, that's she calls it out, Lala calls it out. And then they're just fighting, and he calls her a bootleg housewife. He's like, look at those lips. And then he, she calls him a loser slob. She's like, call me when you have a business, you're broke. And then Schwartz says he's a thousand times better human than her. I mean, it's like pretty insane stuff that they were yelling back and forth to each other. I couldn't believe it. If that's all that was going on, I would have thought this was a great episode. But then we had so many other layers of what was going on in this episode. I mean, shocking, shocking stuff. And then uh, what's so rich was then Sandoval goes to talk to Schwartz, and they're talking about Lala. And Sandoval's like, Lala is not even her real name. And I'm like, yeah, that's rich coming from you, who's with Raquel, and her name is Rachel. It's like, none of these people have real names. 
They're all stage. Jax wasn't Jax. He was Jason. Lauren's uh, Lala's Lauren from Utah. Rachel is Raquel. Like it's all of them got these fake names, and so we can't fault them all for it. But yeah, good for I don't know. I was happy for Lala again. I was. I think I'm just siding with Lala so much because I'm so mad at these men. So the fact that anyone's calling them out, I'm go- I'm happy for it. I'm happy. And they're all just kind of fighting at this bar. And Sandoval also confronts Katie. And he says, oh, Ariana's upset with you. Meanwhile, Satchel is just petting her. Just petting her. Like Rachel confronts Katie, Satchel's petting her. Tom Sandoval confronts Katie, Satchel's petting her. And he's just observing, observing and petting, observing and petting. I mean, speaking of my grandma earlier, he's like my grandma, just sitting with the dog, petting and observing. Like, uh, towards the end of my grandma, it's like, that's what she was up to, too. And so Satchel, I don't know, I'm still conf- confused about that man, confused about him. And then the producer in Sandoval's confessional brings up, has anything physical happened between you and Raquel? <laughs> Sandoval gets all skittish. No, no, nothing, nothing happened. Nothing. It'd be the same as if nothing happened between me and Katie. You know, he's like, he's losing it. He's starting to unravel. You know, when you got a sweater and it gets a snag in it, and then the snag starts to unravel the whole thing. So it's just a little snag, and then the whole thing comes undone. That's what's happened to Sandoval. He's like a sweater with a snag in it. And then Katie even calls out his deflecting. And Sandoval's like, I make mistakes all the time, but I admit it when I fucked up. And he's on that high horse. And Katie's like, no, he's just a flex. That's what he does all the time. And then he storms out. And next week on the show, we get some glamping. And then Ken Todd shows up. Ken motherfucking Todd. Ken Baja Shelf Todd. Ken Goodbye Kyle Todd. Ken Always Holding a Dog Todd. Ken Weekend at Bernie's Todd. He decides to show up and be the smoking gun, and I couldn't be more excited of all people on this show. I'm so excited that Ken Todd's getting in the mix, and I don't even know. I don't know. There's something about that, because normally I don't want Ken. I don't want these husbands on my screen. Certainly on The Real House in New Jersey, I don't want to see the men or any of these shows. Like, give me a little tiny bit and I'm done. But for some reason, the idea of Ken Todd coming in here and I guess knocking these men spark out, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I couldn't believe it. Maybe it's just because it's out of left field, but I'm so excited for Ken Todd to get in the mix. I really, really am. <sighs> okay, that's the real. Uh, that's Vanderpump Rules, you guys. What a great show. What a great episode. We were so blessed. I mean, I, jaw on the floor again. I say that every week with Vanderpump Rules, but jaw on the floor. Jaw on the motherfucking floor. Okay, let's uh, let's take a minute break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the Real Housewives of New Jersey. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Normally puppies always cheer people up. Thank you. Do you like puppies? Yeah. Is this a puppy? It's a little puppy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a clip from this week's Real House in New Jersey. Now, Teresa was outside of this place where everyone was going to be drawn on the walls, Teresa's life, which is an absurd sentence to say. But so they're all inside drawing, and Teresa got very vulnerable in a moment of vulnerability that I haven't seen out Teresa in quite some time. But she said, please don't draw prison bars on here because she likes to try to forget about that time. She went away and she served her time. She served her sentence. Now she gets back and we just don't normally see that. Obviously, Teresa is always trying to act strong. She had a book out called Standing Strong. And so she's always trying to be strong. So then she says, don't do prison. So she's emotional about it. She goes outside and she's crying. And I'm sad too. And then this gorgeous gem of an Irishman I've never been so hot in my life. I mean, when this man came out just holding a puppy, I love a man holding a puppy in general, but this Irish man coming out to console her with a puppy, where the fuck did he get that puppy, first of all? But he just brings the puppy on. He's like, I see you're sad. Like, do you want a puppy? And Teresa's looking at the puppy. The guy said, I got a puppy. I'm bringing you the puppy. Sits down with the puppy. He says, here's the puppy. And then Teresa pets the puppy and then goes, is this a puppy? <laughs> girl I loved, it. I loved it but puppies can heal the world because nobody wants to be lonely wants to be and guess what you're not lonely when you got a puppy and sometimes you don't want to deal with humans they should give me a puppy but if that could have if some hot irish guy could just come out and bring me a puppy when i'm sad my life would be a thousand times better and i'm happy to see them in ireland but i will say this is by the way, turn this off. If you're really into Real House of New Jersey right now, turn this off because I don't want to upset you. I don't want to make people upset by dogging this show and talking bad about this show, which I believe to be slightly in its flop era. Now, it doesn't mean there's not good to be had. It doesn't mean we're not getting some good scenes or having some fun because I certainly had some fun here in Ireland with these women and these gals. However, Here's why I think it's in this flop era. First of all, we open where they were all out drinking and having a good time, and Melissa's so hungover, but we're not even seeing them. They're on the Sprinter van drunk, and Melissa's like yelling about how she wants to drunk dial her ex, and then they just go to bed. So that's number one, strike number one. They go to bed when they were getting drunk. It's like, you know who wouldn't go to bed when they're getting drunk? Israel's in New York. Let's stop this. Enough. Especially on a Sprinter van, no less. So last week on the show, they all napped on the Sprinter van. Now, they weren't napping on the Sprinter van, but they were drunk on it, and then they decided to go to bed. Second strike against them. 
they got, I believe, like two and a half episodes out of a trip to Ireland. Now, I would bet my bottom dollar that Bravo is not happy that they sent these gals all the way to fucking Ireland. Couldn't have been a cheap trip. And we've been begging them. We've been begging producers to invest in the Real House of New Jersey. Send them. In here, they invest in these women. They send them all the way to Ireland. And guess what? They only get two and a half episodes out of it. Now, I'm sorry. Go back to some of these other trips. I feel like it's normally, and I could be off base here. I think normally we get at least three. Three plus. In the very first Ireland episode, it wasn't even the full episode. They were like getting ready to go there. So half the episode was them in Jersey. Then they go to Ireland. And then we got, I think, two other episodes. So that's two and a half by my calculations. I'm no mathematician, but follow me here. Now they get two and a half episodes out of all the way to Ireland. That's basically the same of when they send them to Jersey Shore. So guess what's going to happen next season? Guess what? Bravo, the financiers over at Bravo the accountants, they're going to say, hey, we're not sending them an international trip because guess what? We sent them to Ireland and we only got two and a half episodes. That's the only return on our investment we got. And these women, it seemed like towards the last dinner, they were sort of perking up and Danielle was kind of engaging, but they needed to engage much more for an international trip. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to call it out, but it's like, you better give us minimum of three full episodes. Three plus episodes is what we need to get from one of these international trips because otherwise they're going to be cutting corners. They're not going to want to loosen the purse strings on these other franchises either because they're going to say, well, our Jersey gals can only get two and a half episodes out of this. And I bet you they would have squeezed out three if they had the content, but didn't look like there was much content because all they had was them sitting with them chickens, chasing the cocks. That whole scene was wasted. I mean, it was like not, I guess it was like meant to be funny, but I wasn't really laughing. There was one point where Margaret went into the den where they had all them chickens and they all had to like catch the cock and the cock wasn't even going anywhere. The cock was just sitting still and Margaret just slowly walked up to the chicken and put her hands around the chicken and then lifted it. Like that was it. And I'm sure that production was pissed because they probably thought these chickens, oftentimes chickens are they're running around like that saying, chickens with their heads cut off, right? Isn't that a saying? Well, these chickens were just sitting still. They weren't, their heads were fully on and they were sitting still. No running around like chickens with their heads cut off. They were sitting still. And so Margaret goes into this cage or whatever the fuck it was. And she, again, watch it back very slowly, just picked it, lifted a chicken. And I was like, I don't really care to be watching Margaret Joseph's. God bless her. I don't need the pigtail queen just lifting up a chicken. It wasn't even interesting. At least if the chicken was scurrying about and Margaret, that would have been fun. I would have had some laughs. So does smile, he he's. Or it was kind of fun when I forget which one. Some of them were scared of the chickens, which that would have been me. I would have been like, I'm not lifting the fowl. But I don't think there's any enjoyment to be had out of Margaret just very slowly at a very slow pace, just lifting a chicken off the ground. Like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, I, they should have cut that. Uh, something. So if that's the kind of footage we were getting from Ireland to span two and a half episodes... I know Bravo's pissed. I, I don't want to speak for them, but I know Bravo HQ is like putting them on pause after this. And you could deny that if you want, but I bet you we're going to get a big ass pause and then some reshuffling because Margaret Joseph slowly lifting up a chicken is not what the Bravo audience is tuning in for. And I said that, by the way, uh, go back and listen to my recaps of The Real House of Dallas. Remember when they went and they were doing them toilet paper relay races? Do you know what I'm talking about? And they had that Bigfoot guy come in and then that was the episode where... Carrie had put salsa in someone's bed. And I remember thinking, like, Bravo is not happy about this. That's not the kind of content they want to fill out an episode. 
And then, of course, they canceled it. So uh, Jersey's not going to get canceled. Of course not. We're not in the same spot as Dallas. I don't want to imply that even at all, because I'd much rather watch an episode of Jersey than anything Dallas has ever given us. However, I just, I feel in my gut that Bravo is thinking, wow, Margaret Joseph slowly lifting a chicken off the ground is not the kind of content we're known for. This is not what the the network that Vicki Gumbelson built is. And so I'm glad she lifted the chicken, I guess. But some of these things, I don't know. It was a nice scene, though. Let's get back to the good parts. I liked seeing Dolores' future mother-in-law. I like that. There's something about the dichotomy of the Irish accents with the Jersey accents. It's like watching. I mean, the Jersey accent to me just sounds so hard, right? It's like a very aggressive kind of hard uh, hardness to the the way that they speak in Jersey. And so that mixed with the sweet old lady Irish accent that Dolores' future mother-in-law was giving us, it was like watching a sweet little rom-com movie on TV, and then, bam, there's a flood watch noise. You know when you're watching on on uh, NBC or something, you're watching an old movie, and they have a, a cute little movie on, and you're watching it, and then all of a sudden, there's like a flood warning, and it's like, beep, beep, beep. Like I feel like that's what happens when I'm listening to Dolores' future mother-in-law speak in the sweet Irish accent, and then all of a sudden, Teresa's like, oh my God. You know, like that's, it's like the flood watch noise. And then Teresa and Melissa did have some really nice moments. That was hard for me too. They had these really nice moments because Teresa says that Melissa was really great with her parents. She said that in like the breakfast or something. And then later on in the episode, they shared a moment when they were drawn on that wall, which again, like what the fuck was that? I mean, the fact that we're all just accepting that they were drawing on walls for Teresa, I mean... It was weird. I guess maybe it's an Irish thing. But why were we doing that? Did I miss it? Sometimes I tune things out, so I don't quite know why we were both catching chickens and then writing on walls and then jumping in manure. I think they said it wasn't shit, but we did have a whole scene where they were just jumping in a, a big pile of shit, basically. It was mud, but I'm sur- sure some shit got in there. And so the fact that it was just a whole scene where they're just diving into shit, I thought, maybe this isn't good. This isn't good. And you know, Andy Cohen was on the phone. He had his big red phone at his desk and he called up HQ and was like, what are we doing? Why are they all jumping in shit? This is not what we built. And so I just know daddy and he was not happy, not happy. <sighs> so what else is going on? So then I guess Teresa and Melissa had this great moment where they're like, let's not talk about the past. Teresa actually said that to Melissa. She said, go on forward. We should just not talk about the past. And then Melissa says, that's why I got upset yesterday when you talked about Antonia on the bus. A couple things. Now, I understand what Melissa was saying. She was saying, yeah, that's why I got mad at you yesterday because you brought up the past. But also then Melissa's bringing up the past. So we're in this. That's the whole, that one little moment was so representative of this relationship and this hamster wheel that we've been on with these two women. Of Teresa saying, let's not rehash the past. And then Melissa saying, yeah, that's why I got mad at you yesterday when you rehashed the past. And believe you me, these roles have been flipped because I'm sure there's been other times where Melissa's like, let's not talk about the past. And then Teresa's like, yeah, that's why I got mad when you did this. And we're just in a hamster wheel. And so until one of you stops bringing up the effing past, we cannot move forward. And then Teresa sort of invited them into the wedding. She's like, I want some part of you in the wedding. She says, you'll complete it. And then somebody said, are you asking them to be in the wedding? And Teresa's like, no. (laughs) That was funny. Oh, that was funny. Teresa says, we're in Irish. I just want gold at the end of the rainbow. 
But meanwhile, she asked Bill to pee in the wedding. Like, this is the fucking craziest thing. And first of all, she asked Jennifer Aiden to be in the wedding, like, way after all the other bridesmaids. And now they're asking Bill last minute to be in the wedding. And meanwhile, Joe Gorga's not in the wedding. It's craziness. And I actually support Joe Gorga not being in the wedding. But it's weird to me that then they're inviting Bill into the wedding at the last minute. I'm sorry, I don't want to be invited to anyone's wedding at the last minute. I would just not go. I'd be like, I'm not interested. Because I would know deep in my soul that I was like a late addition to it. So if somebody asked me to be in a bridal party or a groomsman a week before the wedding, when they already had all the other groomsmen, I'd be like, oh, that's okay. That's so sweet of you, but like, I can't do it. I would make up some bullshit. I'd say, oh, I got something that day. I got to go to a skee-ball bar with my friend Shishi. Like, I'd be make up anything. I wouldn't accept it. So it's also weird to me that Bill accepted it. And Jennifer, Jennifer very clearly was gleeful when she accepted the invitation to be a bridesmaid. But Bill got his invite even later than that. And then what was that conversation? Was like Louis and Teresa in bed being like, let's invite Bill. Like, even though we have it all planned. Like, that was crazy. That was crazy. But I was happy Melissa and Teresa also jumped in the shit and they seemed to get along when they jumped in. They had a cute little moment. Cute little moment. Meanwhile, then they get back on the bus after they were jumping in the shit and catching them chickens. And Margaret says, she says, Joe's having all the guys over right now. And I thought, I was nervous because I knew then we were going to have a scene with just the guys. And you know how I feel about that. Not interested. Not interested. I knew that we were going to have to sit. And those Jersey guys, they love to give us them Jersey guy scenes. And they were going to be doing some, uh, some. they were going to all go over Joe Benino's house. And then him and Lexi were putting all stuff together, some food. They got a food truck. And then they were going to do uh, a weed tasting because Frank Sr. was approached about doing a weed business, despite the fact that he never smoked. It's good for him. God bless. And I'm glad they're finally smoking on Housewives because it's legal in a lot of places now, the weed. And so, you know how I do the soccer mom weed. I think I've told this story before, but I go and get, I think it's called, I, I don't want to even say the name of it because, yeah, I don't even know exactly what it is. But the guy that the weed shop that I go to, he tells me it's like the soccer mom one. And so I always, it's supposedly like really weak. So there's some that like have no THC in them. It's just like a CBD vape pen. And then there's some with like very little THC in. And I do the one with like almost none, but like a little bit. And he says it's a soccer mom weed. And so I always think about the soccer moms here in Los Angeles or wherever. And I'm like, wow, these moms are just going up to soccer games. And I know he was just using that anecdotally, but I still believe that there are probably lots of moms on the soccer field. And God bless, because being a mom's hard. So ladies, if you're out there and your mother, I encourage you to go to your nearest weed shop if it's legal and say, give me some soccer mom stuff. Like just a little enough to take the edge off at the soccer game. Because believe you me, I used to coach, actually, my friend Katie B and I used to coach kindergarten soccer. And I don't think that you should be under the influence when you're teaching our nation's youth. However, if you're in the audience of a game where somebody else is coaching our nation's youth, I certainly think it's okay to have a little puff, puff pass of your soccer mom weed to get through the game. Because those kids, they're little ankle biters. They don't know how to play soccer. And so it's cute for like five seconds. And then if you're going to watch a whole ass game, you're going to need something to take the edge off. So go to your local weed shop and ask the guy or the woman, or whoever's working at the weed shop, you say, hey, point me to the soccer mom vape pen. And they'll give you something that's very low in THC. Just take the edge off so that you're sitting at that game and you're able to just get through it. And so I encourage you all because moms, you work too hard. 
you worked. Oh, speaking of, wait, I have something to get off my chest. I know this episode's running long already, but Megan Trainer. I got to get this off my chest. She was on a podcast and she said F teachers. She later apologized for it. So we don't want to, we don't want to focus on that because she made an apology. She made a mistake. So we support that. However, what we don't support is saying F teachers, like the audacity of this woman after all we've been through, especially through COVID and what teachers have been having to go through and deal with. Not only that, but teachers have to deal with so much shit. So the fact that somebody went on a microphone and said that is like baffling to me. And I just found, I haven't read the whole story. I just saw some, I saw the clip of it and I do know she apologized. So I don't know what she said, but again, we're choosing to accept her apology because I haven't heard it, but I heard she did it. So God bless. But wow. Wow. And so to that, I just say teachers out there, God bless you for all that you've been through because you've been putting up with some shit. I hope after your classes, you're able to go get some soccer mom weed. Again, don't do it while you're teaching, but maybe afterwards when you're when you get home, get in front of the couch and get something. Oh, anyway, so uh, they're smoking weed, the men. A food truck shows up. I couldn't tell if Joe Gerger was high or not. Meanwhile, the women, the gals are doing a whiskey tasting. And uh, Teresa says she's all about having a good time. And then Danielle says she didn't enjoy the trip. She confronts Rachel and Margaret, finally. And a producer obviously told Danielle she needed to do it. Somebody told Danielle because I don't think Danielle wanted to say anything. But she did it. They talk about Margaret's ex-friend. And then Jackie, Jackie had a, there was a funny moment with Jackie where she said uh, that Margaret's ex-friend isn't a credible source. She says, you shouldn't bring up something that's an incredible source. And I, she, I know what she meant, but it was just funny that she said, you shouldn't bring up an incredible source. Like she meant, <laughs> she meant like a, a non-credible, right? But it made me laugh the way she said it. Oh. Gave me a good a good laugh. And then Margaret tells Danielle if she can't forgive and forget, she's never going to make up with her brother. And because this whole thing about Danielle's brother, and I understood Margaret's delivery was not right, I didn't think. But I actually did think what Margaret was saying, I understood it. And then Danielle cries, and Dolores sends them all to bed. And I thought, Dolores, why are you sending them all to bed? We're just finally getting somewhere. And Danielle's like, I got no more fight left in me. And I'm like, well, you better buckle up and get some fight in you because you're on the Real House in New Jersey, gal. I mean, what are you doing, girl? Girl? I mean, what are you doing, Danielle? We need her. I need Danielle to toughen up next season because I really like her and I think she could be a star. But in this incarnation, she just doesn't, she doesn't seem tough enough. And by the way, I say that as someone who would not be tough enough. So that's, I want to make that clear. Like I would not be tough enough to be fighting with these people on camera, but I need my reality stars to be tough enough to fight on camera. Do you get what I'm saying? Because we judge these people differently than we judge ourselves. Certainly I wouldn't want to be on camera doing this stuff. Anyway, next week on the show, we're back in Jersey. Antonia gets a car. Joe Giudice is FaceTiming in. And Dolores and Frank sit down for a, a cry. He cries. And then there's a bridal shower that Melissa's at, despite the fact that they hate each other. Anyway, that's the episode. I love you all so much for listening. And we're winding down on these shows, it looks like. Jersey, we probably only got an episode or two left before the wedding special. And then we got the reunion that already filmed. Vanderpump, they already filmed the reunion. So... Orange County's coming back. Very excited. Very excited. Uh, Beverly Hills Housewives, they're filming right now. I just saw Bamboozle Jane over. She appeared on Watch What Happens Live, and that was a jump scare, too. Oh my God! 
was watching after Jersey and they were playing one of them games where they had like a surprise housewife on the line and Heather McMahon was the guest. I love her, but she was having to guess like who the housewife was. And then it was Erica Jane. And then they just show the person. It was her and Shannon Bedore. And then who was the other one? Somebody else. Anyway, uh, I love you all so much for listening. I want to also mention that sex in the city is coming back. And just like that season two, the spinoff, it's premiering in June. There was also a trailer for that, which I cannot wait, you guys. I needed it. I needed it. Anyway, over on the Everything Iconic Patreon page, I'm recapping the original Sex in the City. So I think we're on season three. And if you want to listen to those recaps, I do just one a month. It's patreon.com slash everything iconic. For $4 more per month, you could access the bonus episodes. And uh, I also think we might be diving into, and just like that, which we did last season, if you listen to everything I kind of, but I think we might be recapping those in an official capacity. Maybe we'll see. I don't want to overextend myself, but I'm so excited for it to come back and it's crazy and it's so fun to recap. So I'm hopeful that we'll be able to do some, at least a few episodes of in just like that season two, because I can't wait, but the sex in the city ones are available now. And with all of that said, let's do our cheesy little cool down. And we do these for fun and for kitsch, but let's take a deep breath in. And hold it. And breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Love you all so much for listening. And uh, I'll be back next week. Bye-bye.